Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. Start with the marketing efforts and, a, and scale over time. So start with something digestible, focusing on a smaller subset of your potential audience, find what works for that group of people and really just double down on those efforts until you get really, really good at speaking to that audience and you find that you are at capacity or at that point, if you were not yet at capacity, only then would you look at considering another target audience and another marketing plan to reach that target audience. This is Jennifer Longworth. Today's Thoughtful Entrepreneur is Claudia Pennington, founder and CEO of DIY Marketing. Claudia is a sought-after speaker and trainer who puts into practice her message about how company officials must always seek continuous improvement and make data-driven decisions. She worked for a digital agency until she decided to start her own company because of her passion to teach and help others. DIY's primary focus is to help businesses and organizations take control over their marketing campaigns to achieve a better return on investment by way of a training-first approach to marketing. Pennington and her team have worked alongside businesses and organizations to lead them to double and triple-digit increases in lead generation and sales. Connect with her at ClaudiaPennington.com. Welcome to the show, Claudia. Thanks for having me. You have started your own company, DIY Marketing. Did that come out of experience of what you saw happening in the business world that you saw a problem that kind of needed to be fixed? You bet. I think that's the best way to solve problems. I had seen coming from agency life how small businesses could benefit from learning more about the fundamentals of marketing in order to make it effective and and, and also cost effective. And so that's why I decided to make a change and focus on training small business owners and their employees in marketing. So what were you doing before? Before I was your traditional consultant and I worked in an agency. So I primarily served uh, larger small businesses, medium-sized companies and enterprise level companies with respect to their digital marketing needs. A lot of small business owners get into it. They're like, I have a great idea. Let's do it. And then how do I get people to know about me? And then I have no idea what I'm doing. And then stuff. (laughs) Either they're able to figure out, they call someone like you or they move forward. So DIY though, do it yourself. Are you teaching them and equipping them to do marketing on their own or just guiding them or? Well, it depends what the business owner or the employee is able to commit to it. So we have the goal of helping our clients become self-sufficient. So if they want to, by way of training, they want to go ahead and execute on their own, then they have the tools, knowledge, and information they need in order to proceed down that path. Where they want to also potentially seek outside assistance, they have the knowledge at least and to understand the industry and the way in which it functions and how to ask questions and hire service providers who could potentially help them in executing those plans. Basically, in in a nutshell, we're giving them everything they could use in order to take this on themselves or 
be better at hiring the right person or the right company to serve their needs. So tell me a little bit about how you started the business. How did you make the transition? You had the idea. You know about marketing. So what did you do to kind of break free and do it on your own? Actually, it took it took quite a while, a year or a year and a half, actually, to put this together and gather all of the what I know about marketing, especially online, into a program that would be digestible and accessible to most small business owners. So I started with the content first, what I really wanted to put together in the way of a program that a business owner or an employee could complete in a reasonable amount of time. So I tried to, as much as possible, make it action-oriented. It's not theory. It's actually material that you could apply. And from there, then I, having already known who my target audience was, I had the material, and then it was just a matter of branding and getting the word out there. So what kind of issues have you found that entrepreneurs make when it comes to marketing? What, what are you trying to help people with? Oh, the very first issue that I see most entrepreneurs and small business owners struggle with is knowing the target audience. While the product or service that you have might service a lot of people, might be a value to customers from, from 20 to 120. That's kind of a lot in terms of marketing and trying to get that out there to all those different people when they have they have different channels by which they consume information and they have different goals in mind and they have different expectations for a company that they might potentially do business with. And so it's 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 so important to start with the marketing efforts and a and scale over time. So start with something digestible focusing on a smaller subset of your potential audience, find what works for that group of people and really just double down on those efforts until you get really, really good at speaking to that audience and you find that you are at capacity or at that point, if you were not yet at capacity, only then would you look at considering another target audience and another marketing plan to reach that target audience. For a lot of entrepreneurs, they're starting out with well, this is what I'm really good at, or this is the thing that I've created. And they're not thinking enough about the niche that that product or service could potentially serve right away. So when they figure it out and they figure out who's going to benefit most from that, yes, I, I'd agree that they would see success faster than trying to target a whole lot of people with kind of a generic watered down message about how uh, you're, you might be in a, a person who has 20 years experience in your particular industry. And really, when you know what that niche is, you can flip that message and make it all about that target customer. So that you can say, you can say that you, you serve that particular person, you serve that particular niche, whatever that looks like to you. And this is the value that you bring to those people. So when we think about entrepreneurs creating a marketing plan, first, they got to decide who their target audience is and really figure this out through market research or deciding what they're good at, you know, to put their feelers out there and, and decide where, where they're headed. But then what happens? So how do we make a marketing plan? What's next? 
once you know clearly who your target customer is or what the target market looks like, you've done your level best to research that market and you've assessed that it, what you have to put out there is a viable option and you have potentially enough customers to serve to make it a viable business, then at that point, it's a really getting comfortable with that market. Who are they? What are their common questions or concerns? And where do they acquire information about similar products and services that other people might sell. So competitive intelligence or doing some competitor research will go a long way in helping you kind of shortcut this part of the process. Because if you know where your target audience is hanging out online, for example, especially if you're focused on your digital marketing efforts, and you find that there are a few competitors hanging out there, you can kind of see what it is that they're doing today that you might potentially leverage as a best practice or potentially where they're struggling and you see that they're not getting as much engagement. And it tells you something either about their strategy or their messaging or lack of understanding about the target audience, or they might not even be in the right place. And so there's a lot of great information you can gather in the intelligence phase of this process. So is the best way to do that to go on Twitter and use Twitter analytics or a advanced Twitter search or whatever and see what use keywords or if you know who your competitors are, look for them or and I just throw out Twitter as one. You can do this Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Is that the best way to do it or is there a better strategy? I love analytics tools. They're free and they are out there for everybody to use for this purpose. So whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Google, or all of the above, that there are so many free tools that they're giving you access to. You have data that you can collect. It's a great place to start to learn more about both your target customer and what potential competitors are doing in this space. And then after you figured out your competitor... Based on that way, oh, they're doing really, really well on Twitter. I need to be on Twitter as well. Or, oh, they're doing really well on Twitter. Maybe I need to go somewhere else. This is definitely a part of the process is assessing the time and money that an entrepreneur, small business owner is willing to invest in marketing. And if you clearly understand the, the market and the target customer where they're hanging out online, then there's a real conversation that has to happen about the time and money that you're willing to invest in a particular tactic. And so if you want to invest in social media and you see that your competitor is doing really well on Twitter, then there's a conversation and some thought around, especially if you're a solopreneur, then you're having this conversation by yourself. But if you're a small <laughs> business owner, <laughs> then you're talking internally with your team about what it takes to support and make that particular channel successful versus other marketing tactics that you might consider. So before diving in and choosing any one particular tactic or a series of tactics to consider, decide how much time you want to invest. Where in your day are you going to carve out time to spend on your marketing efforts? Whereas like with Google, you can just throw up a Google ad and ta-da, or however that works. I don't even know. You, it, There's like sponsored ads that pop up every time you do Google search. And that doesn't take them as much time as someone working a social media campaign across multiple platforms. Well, it actually depends. Advertising, particularly on Google, actually can be a, it can be laborious and expensive. And so depending on how much 
budget you're willing to invest and time you want to set up in a campaign. It could take dozens of hours or more to get a campaign set up on Google properly because it requires all the research I just described and then research into keywords that you could potentially use to reach your target audience. And with the costs ever escalating for Google ads, that partic- that research phase is so important. And so I tend to lean more on the marketing tactics to consider rather than Google. Whereas if somebody does have, you have a lot of capital that you're willing to invest in advertising and you want to generate a lot of buzz really quickly, then you might consider advertising efforts. So that's where depending on how much time you have available and how much money you're willing to spend in a particular month. If you have two or $3,000 at least to get started in advertising and you want to generate buzz quickly, it's not a bad place to go. And then those early customers can fund your future marketing and advertising efforts. What is your personal favorite digital marketing tool? My favorite marketing tool is Google Analytics because of the data that it gives you. It's so powerful. It tells you who you're reaching, where they're coming from, what devices even they're using, access your website. It tells you what search terms people are searching if you combine it with Google Search Console, another free tool that you have access to. So it tells you exactly what your potential customers are searching for when they reach your website. And it's that that kind of power that I want to leverage to build out the rest of my campaign. My favorite tactic to com- combine with that is actually content marketing, which is so just it's kind of an industry buzzword, but basically it's where you are trying to leverage the audiences of other people or publications that have authority, credibility, and trust, and potentially hundreds of thousands or millions of your potential customers already engaged in that particular platform. And so I find that that's great for for getting some uh, quick wins early on. So finding yourself having an article printed in Huffington Post or Forbes or wherever, where people already are, they read your stuff and know about you. Is that the content marketing you're speaking of? You got it. That's one way of leveraging it. So if you are are a guest contributor to publications that are relevant to your target customer, not just because the, the website gets lots and lots of visits. Why I like content marketing specifically is because it's effective in helping you leverage a credibility, authority, and trust and put you in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of potential customers in publications that are relevant and interesting to them. So if it makes sense for you and the target customer that you're trying to reach and that target customer reads Forbes on a daily basis, it might be worth trying to get a guest post in Forbes or be interviewed by another Forbes writer and have your feedback, a couple of lines, a quote, a link back to your site included in that article. So in essence, you are contributing to somebody else's work. You mentioned that content marketing is a buzzword in the industry. And and what comes to my mind immediately is blogs. Oh, content marketing, that means a blog. (laughs) But you're saying it can be a lot more than that. Absolutely. Blogging is 
is part of that. It kind of falls underneath that umbrella. And if you're the kind of person who loves to write or you can afford to hire a ghost writer or a freelance writer to do work on your behalf, and you can commit to at least a, a, a blog post a week on your site, then it's worthwhile to consider. If you think that that's not something you can commit to, uh, you might not be able to post on a consistent basis. It blog probably isn't a good idea for you. And there's other, other ways to put content on your site to market yourself that wouldn't necessarily be considered blogging per se. To bring it back to the earlier point about the time and money that you're willing to invest, blogging is labor intensive. And unless you're paying somebody on your staff or you hire it out to write on your behalf. So blogging is, is, could be a, could be something that you tackle. You might also consider if you are an intermittent writer rather than somebody who's blogging on a weekly basis. There are many publishing platforms now that you can leverage like Medium, but LinkedIn Pulse is one that I'm, I'm a big fan of because you can leverage both the publishing capability of LinkedIn and its social media functions as well. Now, when we think about marketing, one thing that always comes up, and I was in radio advertising sales, and it's all about the ROI, your return on investment. What's going to make the most sense for me? How do we figure this out? What's the best way to track this? You mentioned Google Analytics, but how do you know that's where the money's come from? Where's the return on investment? Do you have any tools to suggest for that? Yes. So the return on investment, it's a good idea to track the leads that you generate. So regardless of whether you choose a series of marketing tactics or advertising tactics or both, it's a good idea to track the calls that come into your business, track the emails as leads generated. And you might consider assigning a value to those, especially if you have been in business for a little while, you might know what your average customer value is so that you can begin to assign a value to those leads. You might know uh, you might know what an average sale looks like for you. So you could assign that to a lead generated, particularly if you're selling a service, this is applicable. And then you can combine that data with data from the sales that you've generated from those leads. So what's great about, about tracking your own ROI and how easy this really can be when you combine a couple of different sources of data into a spreadsheet or a customer relationship management tool, a CRM, you can track those customers all the way through the funnel. So for them, from the moment they engage with you and they call you or they fill out a form on your website, you could assign some estimated value to them or potentially even, you might even know what the actual value is depending on the information you collect from them earlier on in this process. And then as you are working with them to ultimately convert that sale, you can assign a value at the end of that process. So you know how many of those leads actually converted into sales and what those sales were worth to you. And then if you go back and say, oh, look, the people who came to me through Facebook ended up being nothing. The people who came to me through Google, whatever, ended up being worth $1,000. Hmm, maybe my people are really on Google and use that information to build your marketing plan? Exactly. When you break down leads generated and conversions by source of traffic, Google, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the case may be, then you can see where your efforts were effective, 
and how much business they generated for you. And not, this is so, it goes so far beyond just simply traffic generated. Traffic doesn't mean anything right. if nobody's buying from you. So absolutely, right. when you combine a couple of different sources of data, Google Analytics, plus your own system for tracking the business that you're seeing come in the door, then that's when the real magic happens. And you can take that data and go through a continuous improvement process, which you really hone in on those particular sources of traffic that have generated the most business for you. Claudia, what advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who is listening? My best advice for entrepreneurs is to get super familiar with target customers' needs. The better you are at serving your target customers' needs, knowing what their questions, comments, and concerns are, the faster you'll see success. And this is something as a a business owner myself in in the podcast editing world that I'm really working. I'm like, okay, who are they? Let's get more specific here. Not just everybody in the whole wide world and even (laughs) podcasts and new new podcasters say, I want to start a show. I'm like, okay, who's your audience? Everybody. I'm like, no, (laughs) not everybody's going to listen to your show. Let's try that again. (laughs) Who's your target audience? So this could work in a lot of different businesses and it's something for people to constantly remember and be reevaluating too, because you might decide that, hey, I want to talk to Michelle, who's a 42-year-old mother of three who does this and this and that, and then Michelle's not buying your product. Hey, maybe I need to talk to Dave, who's a 50-year-old guy, you know? <laughs> so obviously reevaluating that as you see your business growing. So Claudia, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and learn more about what you do? My website, ClaudiaPennington.com, will give you more information about my background and what I'm doing today, everything from my marketing company, DIY marketing, to upcoming speaking gigs as well. And you can get to get to everything else that you need from there. If you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you can get that information there as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.